Welcome from the banks of the Rappahannock River on the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I am Sophia Cogsworth, and this is the Daily Thistle for Friday, March 1st, 2024. That was last night, in the Woolfolk Center, as our Black Student Union convened a gathering not merely to commemorate Black History Month, but to celebrate the boundless wonders of African and Caribbean cultures. This assembly was not just an event, it was a symphony of unity, a vibrant tapestry woven from the diverse threads of several heritages. Amidst this celebration of heritage and heart, a deeper awareness was kindled. A recognition of the human condition, of our innate need to love and be loved, to understand and be understood. It was a celebration that transcended the ordinary. Enthusiasm, unbridled and infectious, coursed through the gathering like nothing the Woolfolk Center had ever seen. Cheers erupted, not just from the mouth and dance, but from the soul, each clap and shout a testament to the emotional tapestry woven among those present. This was not mere applause, it was a chorus of hearts in the enduring song of a girls' school solidarity. It can only happen in a girls' school. In this space, each girl was a mirror, reflecting not just her own light, but the brilliance of her sisters around her. The connections formed were palpable, reminding each of the power that lies in unity and the indomitable spirit of womanhood, to the grace and grit that characterizes the journey of every girl. In this gathering, enthusiasm was more than just a feeling, it was a declaration of intent, a collective commitment to support, uplift, and empower. The loud cheers and applause were not just for achievements past, but for the limitless potential of what could be. This was a celebration of possibility, of the beauty that arises when women stand shoulder to shoulder, a beacon of hope and a call to action for all who believe in the transformative power of sisterhood. On the river today, the sun will rise at 6.38 a.m. and set at 6.01 p.m. It will be a waning gibbous moon with a 75% illumination, the moonset will be at 9.20 a.m. High tide will be at 4.57 a.m., low tide at 11.51 p.m., and high tide returns at 5.13 p.m. Rain today with a high of 55 degrees. Chance of precipitation is 52%. And here is Kendall Quinn with today's installment of Sisters Pride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's Sisters Pride. Today, I am joined by my little sister. Hi, guys. Hello, and today's episode is going to be on living in a small town. But before we jump into that, I wanted to make a quick little note that it's Friday. Friday! Friday. So I want you guys to celebrate the win that you got through the week. But remember, you got one more week and you need to stay strong. Only one more though, guys. You, we got, like, this is light work, no reaction. <laughs> like, this is light work. We got this. We got this. You have one more week to go. All right. Living in a small town. I believe that me and Winnie might be able to offer you the best perspective on this topic because we have lived both lives. We are technically Batman in this sense because we oh. have lived both the city life and the country life. Yeah, that's not what a Batman is. I've never watched Batman. Okay. So we're going to talk about living in a small town, growing up specifically in a small town as a teenager, and. Um, 
kind of like the perks that come with it. So if you're a prospective student listening to it, here is like a little glimpse into what living in a small town is like. So fun fact, what? Kendall and I did ha only moved here uh, like four years four, ago. F five, I think. Five years ago now. Four or five-ish years ago. And we used to live in D.C., which is like a major city. Like Huge. Like... Our backyard was not the river, but the highway. Yeah, it was it was a big city. And that's, like, where my childhood was, like, until I was... Well, it's still a childhood, but when I was, like, a baby, like, elementary school, I was there. And so it was very, like, normal to me. Yeah. And we did. We always, like, loved it here, and we came down here, but... Here I, being the country. Here being Southern Virginia. Um, and the thing that, like, always got me to love the country and this is very niche is the horses right like that is honestly what i was immediately comfortable when we moved here because i loved riding horses and that was like my favorite thing to do so i was immediately happy i think that like okay the appeals of city living if we if we are to play devil's advocate the appeals of city li living is that everything is accessible like i could experience all these new things especially dc being such a, like a diverse city with always something going on there was never not something going on and there was always somebody to go with yeah and it was like it i feel like at a certain point i was just like okay like how many more things can i do yeah i think maybe when you're if you're looking for constant entertainment on weekends and like a busy lifestyle opportunities new people you're not like it's harder to find them in the country but i do think when you find people um a country is like not the right word i feel like, like just south maybe. just the more rural yeah when you find the people in rural places i think it's somewhat like more intimate intimate like, it's like a it's more than just like a stranger on the street like oh it's we more met. than just like going it's like we're gonna be friends forever now yeah because <laughs> it's kind of like it's more than like the girls i've met riding I literally hang out with them every single week. And, like, those people are people that I've made a part of my life. But I think, I don't know, if I was still in the city, it's like there's so many opportunities and friends. That it's just not as genuine. And it's not as special. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Okay, so then the other thing I want to touch on is that in the city, there is this mentality that, like, I don't know how to really put this into words, but there's this mentality that it's, like, I'm on my own doing my own goal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I well, in the country, yeah. Like, think of the stereotypical, like, Hallmark movie where the big city girl is in New York and she's, like, walking down the street in, like, her leather yeah. pantsuit. And, like, everybody the is just, like... Eh. And I do think it's a, definitely a stereotype because I did enjoy D.C. and I do enjoy cities. Yeah. Um, But there's definitely a stereotype of, like, everybody's selfish in the city. I do think there's great community in cities because yeah. it's, like... And people are, I. it's just a different, I think it's a very personal choice. But I do think there's a hint of that stereotype. It, it definitely, like, the, just the people you find. I also think that in the country, you are able to connect more with nature. Again, another little bit of a stereotype, but it's true. I think that, like, when I came down to Southern Virginia, I found myself, like, more connected with nature, less time indoors and more time outdoors. Um, and that's something I've truly appreciated and grown to love. Another thing I've grown to love about living in a small town is that everybody truly does know who you are. And for some that might be, oh, like 
not as appealing but for me it definitely is i feel like when i go out to walmart i feel protected by my community and that's a super special feeling knowing that like even when i'm not with my friends or i'm not i don't have my parents with you i'm still being protected by those around me and i do think just like even if you don't know everybody personally you might know them through a mutual friend or just like you know the type of person you're gonna run into and i do think as just like a younger person it does make you feel safe and like yeah it's like you kind of have like a lot of parents around town and that are always keeping an eye out on you and it's a nice feeling especially like saint margaret's girls i definitely think that the people in Tappahannock, watch out for them, look out yeah. for them. When they see that uniform, they, like, make sure they're okay. Like, it's definitely... Or just, like, they're, like, they're excited to see us out and about in the community. Yeah. Like, I remember there was this one time I went to Wawa and I had my uniform on and I, like, two other women came up to me and they're like, oh, do you like St. Margaret's? Like, how is it? And I kept telling her, like, how much I love it there. And she's like, oh, I just love watching you guys, like, yeah. in your uniforms. It's so cute. I just think that, like, you don't find that level of just the beauty of, like, conversation. Like, instead of just, like, going on your phone waiting in line at, like, the Dunkin' Donuts. Like, people just have a conversation here. And I think that's so beautiful. But it lost art. The one thing um, about the city, too, is, like, I I don't have a DoorDash account. Like, I don't have... I've never downloaded the DoorDash app. And I know it's becoming much more popularized down here yeah but at such a slower pace than it is in the city like in the city there's already uber eats and uber doordash and like all this stuff where it's like you don't have to leave your house you can literally get groceries delivered you can get nothing has to be face to face literally nothing and it will develop down here in the country but i just don't think as much because people are spaced out and it's like you can't it's just not as easy to do that and so like we don't we've never door dashed to our house yeah. we've never we can't even order pizza to our yeah. house like we, we have that remote yeah like we have to go and it it can be annoying but it's also like you i you do tend to love it, it. Yeah. like you the the things that might be annoying at times you tend to appreciate after a while yeah all right that okay. that is <laughs> okay sorry guys Kendall is just making a weird look <laughs> is that just my face <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like this weird smile. <laughs> well, that was just a good point. Like, I was agreeing with your point. I was like, yeah, that was a smart point, Woody. Okay. <laughs> all right, guys. That is all what the... Are... Hello? Okay. <laughs> that, is... that is all the thoughts we have on city, country, living. I rubbed all my brain cells together. <laughs> <laughs> you have gotten the collective Quinn brain on this topic. And I'm interested to see what you guys think about this topic and if you guys enjoy living in the country and i think that for a majority st margaret's girls appreciate living in the country i think they adjust to it definitely and once you adjust to it you you just enjoy it it. you just love it yeah and i also think it's what's cool about the country is like everyone has like a weird like a interesting niche in like their little country town like our niche is like crabs like we have an oyster festival like well i've never known a town to have an oyster festival but we do and old bay like we have a lot of old bay things i don't know guys i don't know No, but it's true like when you and, like I crab decor is you, always yeah, everywhere when you go to like different small towns they have like their niche little weird yeah. things that they're proud of so yeah. it is it is cute. cute yeah all right that's it we will see you at school on monday all right
Bye. Two. Wait, let's do it in sync. Three, two, one. Bye. In athletics. Tonight, under the bright lights of the Division Three Final Four, St. Margaret's finds itself on the precipice of something truly special. For the Scotties, a team with heart, with drive, but without a state championship in their storied history, the path to glory is clear, yet daunting. Their first hurdle? Roanoke Catholic, a formidable adversary by any measure, standing as a testament to the challenges and triumphs that define high school sports at their finest. In this clash of playoff competitors, we find more than just a game, we find a narrative rich with potential and laden with the dreams of young athletes. For St. Margaret's, this isn't merely about winning, it's about etching their name into the annals of history, about overcoming the narrative that has, until now, defined them. And for Roanoke Catholic, it's about asserting dominance, about proving that their legacy is not just a matter of past glories, but a continuing saga of excellence. As the Scotties take to the court tonight in Richmond, they carry with them not just the hopes of their school and community, but the weight of history on their shoulders. This is their moment, their opportunity to rise above the expectations and to seize a victory that has eluded them for so long. So, as we settle in to witness this monumental encounter, let us appreciate the drama, the skill, and the sheer passion that define these moments. This is high school sports at its most captivating, a reminder of why we watch, why we cheer, and why we remember. For St. Margaret's and Roanoke Catholic, tonight is more than a game, it's a chapter in a story still being written, a story of ambition, perseverance, and, ultimately, the pursuit of excellence. In the news from the BBC. BBC News with Stuart McIntosh. Joe Biden has called on Donald Trump to join him in telling Congress to pass a multi-billion dollar border security bill. Both men have been visiting the US-Mexico frontier in Texas to address the increase in irregular crossings. The UN Security Council has scheduled a closed-door emergency meeting after dozens of Palestinians were killed while approaching a food convoy in Gaza City. Palestinian officials say over 100 people were killed. They've blamed Israel. Israel admits its soldiers opened fire, but said most of those killed were trampled or run over. France has called the Israeli gunfire against civilians unjustifiable. President Biden said it would jeopardise ceasefire talks. Bangladeshi officials say at least 43 people have died in a fire in a commercial building in Dhaka. It's said to have started in a restaurant. Many of those injured jumped from the building to escape the flames. A former ambassador to Bolivia, Manuel Rocha, has pleaded guilty in a Miami court to working for Cuba for more than 40 years. Recordings have emerged of him praising Fidel Castro and calling the United States the enemy. The UN Special Rapporteur on Afghanistan has said the situation for women and girls continues to worsen. Richard Bennett also said the Taliban's crushing of peaceful dissent was causing unacceptable suffering. The spokeswoman for the late Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has said undertakers are refusing to take his body to his funeral service on Friday. Kira Yamish said they were being threatened by phone but the funeral would still take place and would be live-streamed. The Caribbean regional bloc CARICOM says it's sending a team to Haiti to help prepare for elections. It follows an undertaking by the Prime Minister Ariel Henry to hold the vote by August next year. Under his premiership, security and humanitarian situation has worsened. BBC News.
Remember, you're listening to the nation's only independent school news feed from the banks of the Rappahannock River, here, from the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I am Sophia Cogsworth, and this was your Daily Thistle. As we grow in age, may we grow in grace.